0: If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. So, I don't know if you've heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. I was reading a press release about how he started taking pH-balancing alkaline supplement called Balance 7, and that's what helped him bounce back from his hospitalization in 2015. He even said, I have an enormous amount of energy, which is good for me. It's important when working out. I always need energy to level up. Couldn't agree more with Lamar, after watching him fight Aaron Carter in July's celebrity boxing match. I think it's safe to say that Balance 7 is working for him. Cool thing is, we've got a promotion running with Balance 7 right now, where if you go to their website, balance7.com, and use the code BELIEVE at checkout, you'll receive a free 4-ounce bottle of my smooth skin with any purchase of Balance 7 products. That product retails at $13.99, so I'd say it's worth it. Again, head to balance7.com and use the code BELIEVE at checkout to get in on the promotion. I know I will. If it worked for him, it can work for you too. And what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Jesse Cass and Alex Acker back with you here uh, for another week on the Believe Podcast Network. Alex, how's it going?
1: Going good, feeling amazing, man. really good,
0: yes. Yeah, and you know, since we talked last week, uh, a lot has become official. has been agreed to. has been signed for the Clippers. I know we we spent a lot of time last week talking about you know the importance of bringing back Reggie Jackson, of course. Kawhi leonard which we kind of expected uh you know we already talked about batum re-signing but pretty much you look down the checklist for the clippers every single person who was a free agent or someone they needed to bring back they did with abaka opting in Kawhi now re-signing reggie jackson re-signing batum we mentioned and then adding a few other pieces as well but uh just your thoughts on on you know the band being back together and everyone running it back for another year and and longer for a lot of these guys
1: not dope it is it is and you know Kawhi leonard actually signing that five-year deal um it's pretty amazing i think it's five years i'm, I'm stepping over the boundaries is it five years uh, four four years yeah but four years all right we'll give him another one but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a great stint for um you know the clipper nation um got reggie jackson back um it's just amazing to actually see that these guys are taking it serious they're not doing no cinderella dance and you know, trying to prolong it, they they really wanted to get back down to business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think for someone you know like Kawhi Leonard, who as we said it had only been a couple of days, but you know the the media was already rumbling. You know, is, is he holding things up? Whatever. But I think that was pretty easily squashed. We saw him with the team, with his you know teammates and friends at summer league, supporting the guys, and then he signs that as we said four year deal. Fourth year is a is a player option, but. You know, in terms of what, for for him, it's not necessarily the most money he could have, as we said, done the one-and-one and, one and then signed another another deal after that. But it kind of shows the the trust that he has in, in the organization, that he wants to be here long-term. And if there are any questions about that, I think that's kind of been squashed as, you know, he came home and he obviously wants to stay and build something here with the Clippers. For sure. Who the heck doesn't want to stay in L.A.? You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: Once you come to L.A., it's going to be hard to go to, like, to Chicago or, you know what I mean, someplace else like that. So, yeah, you definitely want to just actually get that going. Be real appreciative that they even want you back, you know, from that standpoint. And just get this thing going, you know. Um, We talked about it earlier as far as how big Reggie Jackson was. um, I think he's in his prime right now, you know what I mean? He's really found himself, his niche, a home, you know. And a lot of people were, were, you know, really trying to actually see if he, he was going to be able to sign back and what other place would it be for him to actually play and be himself rather than just, I mean, more so than the Los Angeles Clippers for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think it, perfect situation for, for both the Clippers and for Reggie. It was kind of the right place, right time for each of them with all the injuries the Clippers had, especially at the point guard position. And then for Reggie, you know, with, with all the injuries that this team had, his opportunity to to play in the playoffs and, and just how phenomenal he was in that playoff run. Uh, you know, it was it's just huge and a huge testament to, to him, and it shows why the team needed him back, and especially this upcoming year with, with Kawhi Leonard, you know, going to miss a good chunk of time. Uh, Reggie will probably have a bigger role and have more importance within the offense to, to make sure that the Clippers, you know, stay above water here in this next season.
1: No doubt, no doubt, for sure. For sure, man.
0: Yeah, and you four four year deal for Kawhi Leonard, max contract. Reggie Jackson, the most the Clippers could pay him under the, the Bird Rights, so two year, twenty two million dollar deal, eleven million a year for Reggie, and then Batum coming back, you know, pretty much just over the minimum. So you know, we know he had a lot of interest, but again, it speaks to just kind of the the feelings that these players have from the organization that they you know they feel so comfortable here about this group, about the front office, about everything. That you know, some of them you know probably took a little less than they could have gotten elsewhere to stay and keep this group together, and and even Ibaka who opted back into his contract, you know, coming off an injury, but you know, Surge coming back at about nine million a year. A lot of these players probably could have found a little more elsewhere if they really wanted to.
1: Yeah, they could have held off a little bit longer and tried to you know see what's in you know the options and stuff and. You, you kind of see like yeah yeah, yeah yeah, the guys that you're playing against that you probably competing against, and you know that you're better than uh, signing for more money. You know what I mean? But I think everybody's locked into the fact that you know for us to actually really prevail and, and do something special um, at the end of the day is which is winning a championship. and that's what they're harping on every single year, you know, and and building that nucleus more than anything is the number one foundation that you have to have. You know, I think for teams to actually get over that hump, especially for the Clippers to get over that wall that they always been hitting. Um, and they've been pushing it back a little bit this year, and they they broke, broke free. But um, still, again, they're hitting this wall where, you know, you need your core, your nucleus to be stronger. And last year was definitely, you know, um, something that actually was an example in itself. You know, they actually came back. Um, from a ridiculous situation you know they actually overcame a lot of boundaries that they had nagging injuries was definitely one of them but more so they trusted each other and that foundation of trust was definitely there for sure
0: yeah and we we, we obviously have plenty of time before the next season starts but you know and yep. still more moves to be made for a lot of teams but you know I think it's funny to see in the west is super deep and super stacked so it's not the craziest thing especially with Kawhi out but we're already seeing a lot of people kind of put their, what they think next season will look like and, you know, still having the Clippers as a playoff team, but slotting them, you know, in that seven, eight range. Um, You know, I think the West is at a super deep, but I do think that's probably a little presumptuous, probably, you know, I I wouldn't count the Clippers out from being a higher seed is, is, is all I'm saying, especially with a normal schedule, you know, a less crammed schedule where they can be a little healthier Uh, You know, we just saw it, as you just mentioned, in the playoffs. You know, they beat the number one team, the Jazz, without Kawhi Leonard. They could have beaten the Suns. They pushed them to six games and had a couple of games they could have won there late and didn't. So, you know, I think despite not even having Kawhi, I think it'll probably work in their benefit that they might be overlooked by a lot of teams and I think can, can still have a really strong regular season.
1: Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Kawhi's one of those guys you can put him up against anybody powerhouse team or something like that and he's definitely going to show out you know having had Kawhi for um a full full season and you know playoff season so we're definitely looking forward to that man so um i'm just really happy about about actually just getting you know the elite guys that we needed the core five and actually building around that for sure moving forward
0: yeah no question and Uh, We're going to get into the Clippers Summer League in a minute, but I know, um, you know, you hit me during the week talking about uh, this, you know, it's it's been brewing, but the officials are now going to really, you know, start to take a look and implement it next season. But essentially cutting down on whatever you want to call it, foul hunting, where players are jumping in into people from the side, where they're kicking their legs out, uh, trying to cut down on those type of fouls. So I know you were interested in talking about that. So, so what are your thoughts?
1: No, I was just, I was just seeing something on, on that was posted on Instagram. And um, I think it's really a great opportunity to actually um, let everybody know that these fouls that they're actually doing is just self-made in a way. You know, I, I remember Damian Leonard in the Olympic Games. They was like, he was trying to, you know, orchestrate a foul and they weren't giving him these calls in europe you know and these calls are not called in europe like you can't draw a foul by jumping into somebody just blatantly you yeah. know and they're actually seeing that you know this is not something that is taken away from the game but it was all more so given to players that are at elite level that actually are, are orchestrating the game from a mindset like damian leonard as well you know you got steph curry you got guys um You know, all over KD, they're drawing fouls and getting to the line 16, 18 times. Um, It's ridiculous to a point where, like, we're not coming to see guys just flopping all the time. So they're getting rid of a lot of that. They're probably getting it back to a little bit more of a physical standpoint where he's actually just playing the game and not trying to actually um, orchestrate it from just the foul line. You know, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. And the, the no calls that's going to be presented, guys are going to be really pissed, and they're going to have to play uh, without you know uh, that call for sure. Yeah, and I know that
0: you know the game has obviously been catered more to the offensive end over you know the past decade or so with getting rid of the hand checking foul and and really making it you know making it tougher on defenders and easier for for people to score. And I think as you mentioned in in the FIBA game in the Olympics, you know you hit it on the head that. You're not going to get those type of calls so i think i think a lot of people you know to an extent would like to see that kind of translate to the nba game where you're not rewarding necessarily all of these flopping plays you know kicking out plays you know, you, you give credit to these star players like you said for i don't know we want to call it gaming the system where they can basically trick the <laughs> officials into thinking that they're getting fouled but at the same time you just want to see them play the game and you know i think at, to a certain point uh in certain games, it's definitely it's glaring when it, you know. Obviously, the names that always come up are are Harden and Trey Young, but you know I think you know we saw it in the playoffs, and, and again, Clipper players have done it too. Paul George has done it before. You know we talked, about he doesn't get a lot of calls. But uh, you know in the Sun series, all, you know Chris Paul sometimes was out there playing soccer and you know kicking his legs out and flying, and you know for someone who's that good and that much of a you know all time type of player. Uh, you just want to see him play the game where, you know, Chris has always been trying to get the advantage no matter what but as we saw, it's got to another level where anytime he took a jump shot, he's flat on his back because he's kicking out his legs you know, like he's diving into a pool. So, you know, I think cutting down on on those type of things is beneficial for the game and, and even you know, I don't know if they'll go this far but you know, calling an offensive foul if someone is, like you said, kicking out or doing a play that you know, might put the defender in a hard position where, you know, yeah. if you're if you're trying to bait someone into a foul and trick the official, maybe the you know the call just goes the other way.
1: Yeah, for sure. They can actually look at that for sure, and maybe call it technical if they keep doing it. You know, in a way, um, something I really want the NBA NBA to actually get back to is just a little bit more trash talking. You know what I mean? This game is a physical competition where you know the best of it is coming out of you, so a little talking could be, you know, helpful, you know, to get the get the, the blood going and stuff. Like that I don't understand why you got to get a technical just for looking at somebody nowadays, you know, and um, that's one of those things where I think that they should definitely, I wouldn't say like, oh, you got to bring back serious trash talking, but more so like letting some stuff go where the guys can get into the rhythm of the game and not just be, you know, like just playing the game, shut up, don't say nothing type of you know, environment and stuff. Because this is a this a this is a, a sport for you know com- competition. Got to be able to compete at a high level. It's going to come out of you. You know, a little bit of trash talk is not going to do anything. So, um, I would love to see the NBA. You know, just calm down all those technicals and stuff like that. 100%, from that standpoint.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And I think you know you appreciate it when you see officials that do that. And I think in the playoffs. Like you said, it changes game to game or official to official, so you never really know, and I think that's part of the sure. part of the issue too. But we saw some games where, you know, they're letting, you know, Paul George and Chris Paul go at it, where they're letting Beverly and, and Devin Booker go at it, and other games where, like you said, you look at someone and it's a tech. So I know that, you know, based on the emotion of the game and stuff, the officials have to control it. But, uh, yeah, no, I agree that I think especially in playoff time where, you know, the emotions are running high to – To have a little bit of a longer leash and you know let these guys compete and really get after it because that's you know as we said that's what people come to see and and enjoy seeing especially when the stakes are high
1: for sure you got some you got some players that actually have a knack for that they're going to trash talk you know i mean they got that gary payton old school game where it gets them going and stuff so yeah you got to let that play a little bit and you can't just pinpoint them knowing that they're going to actually have a a spark plug and you're waiting for them to actually ignite and you're just going to hit them with a technical right away you know cousins was definitely one of them that they were just waiting and loving to tech to give a technical left and right anytime he said anything you know so um just definitely getting
0: back to that i think that they should they should look at that for sure yeah that's you know that's certain player's reputation right where uh you know sure. obviously patrick beverly's one of them and you know he had the the what well, we talked about the unfortunate push at the end of the season but in general you know he gets the short end of the stick on technicals or flagrants where more often than not he'll get it and like you said cousins is one of those guys you know Draymond Green over the years is one of those guys there's guys that the officials just you know for rightly or wrongly who players have painted this as a, as a reputation and the officials are are often going to go by that and that will you know go against that certain player from time to time
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yes sir.
0: Yeah, so so how do you do you think how successfully do you think they can implement this rule? I know that We've started to see them, you know, try to adhere to this in summer league. Have you noticed a difference, and do you think it can be successful in kind of changing that element of the game? I think they always start
1: with the summer league, you know, and, and trying to get that going. Um, leg kicks and stuff like that coming off down screens. And, and, and for for guys that are elevating at a high level, it is hard to actually control your body Um and get your legs underneath you and shoot with your legs underneath you at all times. You know, it is definitely hard to do that. But at the same time, you can honestly tell when somebody's blatantly do it um, for the most part. But uh, the NBA, NBA Summer League, you know, these referees are trying to show out and go by the book because they want to show that they're NBA referees, you know. So they're calling some stuff that are uh, that are fair. But at the same time, you know, you know, they're actually trying to, you know, show out a little bit more. Uh, more so and I definitely remember playing the summer they were calling every damn thing so <laughs> when it wasn't even a foul they was calling it uh, <laughs> for the most part. yeah but it, you know I think these guys right now they're not so, so built into the mindset of just trying to like orchestrate the game like we said like you said Chris Paul they're not at that level a few of them aren't so they're actually just Really just going off of impulse and like reactions right now and actually playing hard and not worrying about You know contact here and then there and stuff So I see a lot of games that you know referees are letting them play, you know, especially the bigs They getting banged down there and and Following and finishing and stuff like that with fouls and contacts um, Which is kind of awesome to actually see that
0: yeah, and, and keeping on the note of summer league obviously you know, we talked last week about the Clippers draft and who they brought in. We, of course, are in summer league now. We've seen the Clippers uh, play two games. They'll play their third game here on Friday night against the Lakers summer league team. But um, you know, what have your early impressions been for for the Clippers? You know, obviously, record doesn't really matter. The numbers don't really matter either. It's kind of just the eye test, what you see. But you know, yeah. the core group of young guys that are that are likely to to transfer to the team and that have contracts. Of course, last year's second round pick Jay Scrub. You know, you also yeah. have the 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 draft picks this year, Keon Johnson, Brandon Boston, mm-hmm. Jason Preston and or two from last year. So really those five guys are, are the ones that they're looking at. But but what have you seen and what have you what do you think so far?
1: Man, I, I, I can start off with Jay. Um you can definitely tell when somebody has a year underneath their belt and it shows from the confidence and, and just actually handling the ball, being a little bit more poised than others. And you can see they're comfortable with actually um dribbling the basketball you know what i mean and, and attacking at a certain angle where um most guys will be a little bit timid for that bump and waiting for it you know instead of going after it and, and initiating so jay is definitely one of those guys that um he's a hooper man you know that's the first first thing that came out of my mind when i seen him this summer um, putting up 24 points 10 rebounds like he's really has a, a knack um for for getting the bucket and being around the basketball, you know, um, he did an amazing job with the Bucks, And that was the first game I actually saw him play substantial amount of minutes, you know. And he had his spurts as well, too, um, last season. But, you know, this summer league, he's been playing phenomenal. And, you know, as far as the rookie, Keon Johnson, he's a rookie right now. Um, little minor mistakes and stuff like that, but I see a lot from the veterans that are actually watching the game, giving him mentorship as far as Manning and stuff like that, which is vital, you know. And he's going to pick up um, the game a lot faster with that help along the way, for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, on the on the note of Jay Scrub, I think, you know, obviously a, a second-round pick was a Juco guy, was hurt a lot last year, but clearly something he can do is score the basketball. So I think that, you know, there might be opportunities here and there. You know, he'll still likely be someone who is at the back end of the rotation, but... You know, if they need someone to come in and provide instant offense, which we've seen from, you know, so many guys throughout the league, where, of course, Jordan Clarkson won six-man of the year last year. We know we've seen that from Lou, Jamal Crawford yeah. in the past. You know, I see some of that in his game where, you know, right now that seems to be his strong suit, as you said. He did rebound the ball well. You know, I don't think he's a great passer yet, but he can score. So I think, you know, having that option from a, you know, a big physical six seven wing is never a bad thing so i thought you know the same thing that was impressive and then from the rookies you know the shooting hasn't really been there yet but uh, you know i'm impressed from what i seen from what i've seen uh, from keon johnson i think you know his form looks good shots just aren't falling but i've been most impressed with his kind of decision making especially in transition where you know he's he played some point at tennessee he's going to be more of a wing with the clippers but you could tell you know he playing high speed he can still have the game slow down, make the right reads, make the right passes. Obviously, crazy athletic, great rebounder, can finish. So, you know, his passing I think is is a big plus, and I think that could really bode well along with being super athletic, great defender, all of those things that that could that could play right away for the team. So I think that you know, as long as that shooting comes along, said, the form looks good. It's just not falling yet, but uh, I'm excited about Keon Johnson, and then and then the other guys too. You know, Brandon Boston. You know, I think he needs to he needs to get a little stronger, but you can tell he's got a lot of skill as well. I think Preston has looked, you know, a little bit timid, so hopefully he gets a little more comfortable in the next few games. And then Oturu, I don't really know what his ceiling is in the league, but, uh, you know, big body, he can finish around the rim. He's been mm-hmm. able to show a little bit of increased foot speed, so the ability to defend, and, you know, that's what's really going to keep him on the floor if he can get in, in an NBA game, so... I think all yeah. you know positive stuff to build on for for a lot of these young guys that are trying to make the team.
1: For sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, Jason is a, He got to get a little bit more size for sure in order to play that point guard position. And not get pushed off the block, um, and being able to actually turn that corner um, with a with a guy arm on you. You know what I mean? These guys are going to be defending. but he's going to get that every single day. You know, nonstop from from the veterans that are going to be in his butt. You know what I mean, pushing him to be, you know, an elite player. And I think for him, he's going to see um, a great example of how to be a leader. You know, as far as um, the guys that we already said that are coming back, um, helping him. So he's going to have a chance to actually sit down and watch Reggie Jackson actually, you know, working straight the game and how to take advantage of it for sure. I think that was one of the things that helped me watching, you know, Chauncey Billups um, manipulate the game so smooth and effortless. And it's going to definitely help for him as well, too, down the way.
0: Yeah, and for all these young guys, it's almost like who better to learn from, especially for for the wing players like Johnson and Scrub and, and Boston, who better to learn mm-hmm. from all year long than than Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? And, you know, you even have other guys, of course, who who can help you out in that regard with – with Marcus Morris and what he's become and of course Batum and the kind of team guy that he is but you've got you know two of the premier wing players in basketball kind of as your teachers and especially with you know even with Kawhi this year you know he'll be on the sideline on the bench kind of next to these guys he can kind of talk them through situations and and guide them in that way so I think you know even if they're not playing a lot early on which you know they might not be uh, the fact that they have these type of guys to, to lean on and learn from, I think is going to be huge for them.
1: And they play multiple positions, too, which is dope. You know, I think that's pretty dope where you can actually see different positions that guys are playing and how to attack and how to actually um, see how to play those positions. We got a great group of guys, man. It's pretty amazing, too. And one of the guys that we definitely haven't talked
0: about is Justin Winslow. What do you think about that um, that pickup? Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's, uh, you know, that's with the Clippers' taxpayer mid-level exception. You know, they take, I think it's a low-risk, high-reward move for another guy who has dealt with injuries, obviously still very young, uh, but talented. And I think kind of fits the mold of what we were just talking about with the young guys, too. He's already, you know, an, an elite defender when he's healthy. So that's, you know, that steps in right away, especially without Kawhi in the fold for a while. You have another guy who can can really give you great ball pressure and you know defense on on that side of the floor without Kawhi in the the lineup for a long time and then he's someone who also like you just mentioned kind of positionless you know he's he's a small forward but when he was with miami when he was playing his best he was essentially their point guard so he's a he's a great passer you know he needs to improve as a shooter obviously especially if he's playing off the ball Uh, but i think like i said i think it's it's low risk, high reward. It's a guy who can bring some toughness and, and playmaking, and uh, if the shooting comes along and the health is there, just another guy with kind of the mold of this team, as you were just talking about in Ty Lu, where positionless. He can play. He can play the one. He can play the two, the three, maybe even the four in a smaller lineup. So uh, versatility, and I, and I think you know a low risk flyer for the Clippers. I, I like the move in bringing in Justice Winslow
1: yeah for sure and I think he's going to be ready to, to showcase his talent it's been a minute for him to actually step on the court and do that for sure like you said if with the Heat he was um, he was definitely going to be their, their point guard I think they traded away for him to actually take him in that spot um, and you know he had a lot of potential to do that you know before with the injuries and then he got traded off to Grizzlies and stuff like that so um, he hasn't had his niche yet I think he's thirsty for it right now and you know, the Clippers is something where it fits his physique for sure, like you said, um, across the board. Just a guy that's that's effortless, that's going to get after it. And you have a lot of those guys, you know, that's getting those 50-50 balls. Um, he can actually step up and guard multiple positions. And we know from watching the Clippers countless times, they're always switching um, no matter what the perimeter is or, or down low as well, too. So you can mix it up and go on small ball, or moving him out wide, and him having to attack a big man um, and, and use that um, first step athletic ability that he has. Man, um, another left-handed player that can actually get get shots up at a high level too. So um, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch him play.
0: Yeah, and it'll be fun to see, you know, who on the on the peripheries of the rotation who cracks the rotation. You know, obviously we know the core the core group of guys right away. You know, you got Reggie. Paul George, Marcus Morris, you know, Zoo and Ibaka and Batum, we know all those guys are going to play. And then, of course, Luke Kennard. You know, he played really well in the playoffs. I think, especially with Kawhi out, he's got a spot there. And then, you know, kind of, kind of up for grabs for a lot of the younger guys, where you know, these guys in summer league we just talked about. You know, will Scrub get a chance? Will Justice Winslow get a chance? Will Keon Johnson get a chance? Um, you know, those guys kind of at the back end. We'll see if they can work their way into the rotation, but. Uh, I think it gives them a lot of options and a lot of depth and, and defensive versatility in particular, where, like you just mentioned, being able to switch and really kind of be that rugged defensive team and kind of maybe build that as their identity for this next season.
1: Yeah. All those names that you just mentioned, all I'm hearing is just underdog, underdog, <laughs> underdog. We're full, we full of underdogs, you know what I mean? <laughs> And guys that counted each other out, guys that had injuries, you know, from Paul George having a severe injury and coming back. And, you know, the list goes on, you know. So these guys got something to prove collectively. Uh, and I, I just hope they can bring it together for sure.
0: Yeah. And of course, Patrick Beverly in that group as well. I was naming off the top of my head and, and forgot one of the key guys there. But it just shows, yeah, no, <laughs> another guy who's been super key. And, and obviously, again, you know, shooting and defense and bringing that especially that under underdog role with him in that intensity but uh just another guy that that the clippers that kind of embodies and identifies their their culture as a team mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah he's the front runner for that for that position for sure <laughs> it was yeah. a magazine he's on the front cover for sure <laughs> yeah
0: no no question so um yeah no i i like the moves um you know summer league we'll see we'll see what continues to happen but uh, you know, if you had to had to give a grade for the Clippers in this off season, you know they still might make some moves. And, you know, trades can always happen. Uh, they're pretty yeah. much done with any cap space and signings there since they brought everyone back. But yeah, what would you grade the Clippers offseason? They pretty much you said didn't have a lot of money to work with, but their yeah. their you know prerogative and priority was to bring back their key guys. They got them all back. Uh, so so what do you give the grade?
1: Man, I would definitely say an A. You know, it's nothing else to be said about it. They did some strategic moving and and calculated risk. Um, I shouldn't even say risk more so. They they actually went after their nucleus first and making sure that was solid, solidified more than anything, you know. And I love that move of, of bringing these guys back and not trying to shop them around
0: and doing some crazy stuff and seeing if that's going to work and bringing somebody in that probably doesn't fit, you know, so... Um, I, I like that move down the board. I would give it an A for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I would do the same. Anytime, you know, you bring back, especially long-term, you know, one of the top three, top five players in the game, you know, that's that's mm-hmm. a huge bonus for your club. And it just shows how far this franchise has come where, you know, once a long-time laughing stock of the league, they, you know, they, of course, two years ago, get two of the best players in the game in Kawhi and Paul George to come and then now have had both re-sign long-term. So it just shows... You know how far this organization has come from what it used to be, so even on that alone, I think you give that an A. And then, you know, there was a lot of uh, you know attention around the league and interest and in, in Reggie Jackson and Nick Batum. who said they probably could have gotten more money elsewhere, but I think getting them both back on you know smart, re- smart, affordable deals was huge. So yeah, I, I give it an A as well. And we talked about the move with Winslow. Uh, you know, it might not amount to much, but it could be a nice surprise of a move uh, with the, the potential that he has. So I, I think all around a really solid offseason for the Clips.
1: Sure. Jess, you plan me, man. I was on that train too when we was clowns with the Clippers, man. <laughs> <laughs> well that was more the more
0: the organization yeah, I was than the than... <laughs> train, man. <laughs> <laughs> but you can speak no, to it. No, it's
1: all good it. though for
0: sure, man. But you can speak it's to it more good, than man. anyone, right? You guys were you know, not in your own practice facility. You were not no, in... it was you know, it was, it was, it was different different times. Yeah, it was different times. As
1: far as even the, the the front office, it was different times. You know, not to go back to all that, but yeah, I just love from from that point on, um, moving forward. It's kind of bringing a, a a foundation of of a family base. You know what I mean? As as we want you type thing. You know, so I love that situation. I love that, you know, Kawhi is buying in and, and Paul George is buying in. I love the fact that you actually turn on the T V see in the summer league and all these guys are sitting together. Um, I, I love the fact that, you know, um, Reggie Jackson actually came back and and wants to be a part of this team and organization. Uh, I love the fact that, you know, the coaching staff is for these players, too, and got their backs, you know. So it's going to be a great situation moving forward. And you have the right guys. You know, at the end of the day, it's one basketball, and you got to put the ball in the hole. It doesn't matter, really, who's on your team, and as long as you get it done, you know. And to go back to what you said as far as dogs and, and having to be able to compete, these guys are – the legitimate standpoint of that you know I look at them as far as like you know the Milwaukee Bucks when they had you know guys that you wouldn't know who the heck they are if they walked down the street and all of a sudden they're NBA champions and I'm not talking about the Greek Freak by no means or anybody else like that but I'm just saying like these guys actually put it together you know and it took not just one year it took a long time to actually get it but the reward was so much sweeter you know as far as the adversity that they overcame and I'm looking forward to actually celebrating um, the same situation with the Clippers as well
0: yeah no question about it so uh, we'll see you know what what the rest of the, the young Clips look like in the summer league and uh, these next couple of days we'll be able to you know touch on that next week as well and of course everything that goes down in the off season but Alex uh, thanks as always for, for tapping in and we'll be back again at it next week No doubt. Let's get it. So that's it for this week's edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast. As always, if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars on Apple. And we're available wherever wherever else you get your podcasts, including Spotify, uh, iHeartMedia, wherever we're there, and Believe.com, of course. So with all of that said, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with a brand-new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips.